afternoon or good evening and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike, you drink water, I drink anarchy. 37 seconds in. Cohen, I am Matt Wright and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Hey everybody. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. That's great. Fantastic. Um, so guys, we... Uh, oh no, first and foremost... First and foremost, allow me to thank Justin for pouring me the kava I am drinking on today's episode. And allow me to thank Kroger for this delicious, purified drinking water that I'm drinking now. Bulubanaka. Bulubanaka. I just noticed your shirt. (laughs) Don't make me spit on my computer. Guys, not on before. Yeah, no, I I put it on during the thing. Um, (laughs) So, guys, this show is brought to you by Chris, personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. That's right, personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, is bringing you this shirt or this show and the shirt (laughs) and the shirt. He he definitely brought me this shirt, and he definitely brought me this shirt. Oh, that's great. For anybody who doesn't know Chris Reynolds, <laughs> professional injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, uh, this is his law firm that I'm wearing the shirt of, and Spike is wearing him on his shirt. <laughs> so, guys, funny story. <laughs> Matt was talking about how we should promote Chris Reynolds, and I thought that's a great idea. <laughs> and, and before I got a chance to actually talk with Matt about how one would, would do something like that, he told me he had a Chris Reynolds shirt. <laughs> I wasn't going to be able to get one in time for that. So <laughs> I did an even better thing. I did this. God, I hope Chris watches this. He, <laughs> watches if if this there's show. any episode for him not to miss, it's it this would one. be this. It would be this one. Yes, that's correct. Right. Yeah, just every Chris Reynolds, <laughs> professional injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law everywhere on this episode. This is the muddy waters of personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. That's right. <laughs> I have to sit upright the whole time so that you get his like, beautiful smile. Like, like I, can I lower it? I got to get my chest out like this the whole show. I might be able to do that. Yeah, there we go. More Chris Reynolds attorney at law. We need more Chris Reynolds. This episode is all about Chris Reynolds. Personal personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds attorney at law. Right. I've got I've got a fever. And professional injury attorney, Chris Reynolds attorney at law is the only care. The only prescription I need is personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds attorney at law. That's right. Some (laughs) would say that he's the chosen one. And speaking of which, uh, there's one person who might disagree with personal injury attorney. Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. That's right. He'd be wrong, but uh, he would say that. I'm doing this so I can read what's on my screen. Um, So it turns out, guys, that I feel like I'm 50. Uh, Donald Trump, president of uh, the United States, uh, he called himself. Of these United States. Of these United States? These United States. Not another. Not a different United States. Confederation of States somewhere else. Right. But this one. You know, actually, so fun, funny, fun fact. 
uh, uh, Mexico was actually officially known as the United States of Mexico for mm-hmm. ever without anyone knowing until they changed right. it like a decade ago because they'll be dag blasted if they were going to be compared to the U.S., which no one ever, no one ever said the United States of Mexico ever. No. But they did change it to just Mexico. Do people refer to us as the United States of America or do they just refer to us as America? So it depends. So, I mean, well, I mean, some people don't speak English. Estados Unidos is what is how we're known to our neighbors south of Virginia. Yeah, Los um, Estados Unidos. Yeah, that's true. Estados, Estados Unidos is uh, Unidos. the Estados Unidos and then uh, the various other languages. I think they just call us the states. So like in Canada, they tend to refer to us as the states. Sounds kind of fancy. Because we are the states. We are the states, not just some states. We are the states. I just realized that I've got that stupid... That stupid filter thing on my video. Where it touched up my appearance. Well, we don't want that. No, we... When you have perfection, you don't need touching it up. Because then it just looks like airbrushed. Right. Yeah, it looks it looks like I got Botox, and I don't I don't need that. No, and neither does does personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds. No, he, he look at him. Look at how fantastic. Perfect, look at that smile. I know, it's a great smile. It's look great, at this great. man's smile. <laughs> so, so yeah, Donald Trump. According to Shane Sweeney, that's Donald Messiah Chris Trump to y'all. Oh, Chris, Chris Trump? Yeah, um, fair enough. Um, let us bask in the glory that is your rugged splendor, Bass says. That's By the way, Bass, apologies for last uh, for last night. Uh, YouTube was not showing the comments, and so I assumed that we weren't getting any. Turned out we were getting a few, including some from you. So I apologize. Um so yeah, so Donald Trump uh, was in a, I think he was in front of the, the White House giving a, uh, talking to reporters about his trade war with China. And uh, during it, he says, you know, no one else was, you know, dragging us into a Smoot-Hawley trade war. And, uh, and he, he looked up to the sky and said, I am the chosen one. And there's some disagreement as to whether he was joking or not. Um, but it gets better. Because either I'm not sure if it was was it before or after that that he did the Jew thing. I, I didn't even know he actually did that. I saw the tweet. I didn't know he actually did that. What the chosen one oh, thing? Yeah. Oh no. When he said, "Oh, he was the chosen one on trade." Yeah. He he looked up and said, "I am the chosen one." Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Be, because of everything that's happened this week. I, uh, I think the chosen one thing happened first, and then the Jew thing happened. Yeah, so then later he said he was talking about Jews who vote Democrat. He said five years ago, the concept of even talking about this, even three years ago, of cutting off aid to Israel because of two people that hate Israel and hate Jewish people. I can't believe we're even having this conversation. Uh, where has the Democratic Party gone where have they gone where they're defending these two people over the state of Israel? I think any Jewish people that vote for a Democrat, it shows either a total lack of knowledge or great disloyalty. 
And so for a while, Trump supporters were saying, no, he wasn't saying that Jews have to be loyal to Israel. He was saying that they were being disloyal to Jews, to which Rudy Giuliani clarified, no, 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 he definitely meant Israel. Um, so for all of the uh, Republic Jews who were pretending to be upset about the, uh, about the uh, assertion that Jews have dual loyalty to um, the U.S. and to Israel, they've been oddly quiet this week. And I'm not sure why. Matt, no. why do you think that is? Um, well, I would I would have to defer to the Jewish man. I well, know. I don't know. We'll <laughs> never know, I guess. I guess we'll never know. Um, but thankfully, there was a Jew who had some thoughts on this, no less than former Libertarian VP candidate Wayne Allen Root, who tweeted... Uh, president Trump is the greatest president for Jews and for Israel in the history of the world, not just America. He is the best president for Israel in the history of the world, and the Jewish people in Israel love him like he's the king of Israel. Trump retweeted that tweet and quoted Root as saying, they love him like he is the second coming of God. The second coming of God. The second coming of God. That means that at some point, God left. Well, so that's a reference to, I guess, Messiah. But second coming is something that Christians believe in. True. That God, Jesus came and then and is coming back. Jews right. don't actually, Jews are waiting for that first coming. Right. I knew that, I knew that the, the Jewish folk, they were waiting on the uh, first coming because... That first time. <laughs> yeah, they're still, waiting on, they're still waiting on number one. They're still number waiting one. on the Messiah to come and visit. Right. And uh, the Christians are like, no, it was... Uh, that carpenter guy, that carpenter guy, he's coming back. We already uh, had number one. He's coming back. Right. This time, he, it's personal. He is returning. Yes. Jaws <laughs> <laughs> three. This First, time. God came with the flood. Then Jesus came with his carpenter act. And We're going to need a bigger back. boat. <laughs> uh, and uh, But yeah, since he said they love him like he's the second coming of God as opposed to the Messiah or Jesus or anything else. To me, that means Wayne Allen Root believes that God left. Oh, so Wayne Allen Root actually uh, considers himself a, he has described himself, he's a little bit all over the place, but he has described himself as a Jew who has become an evangelical Christian, but he's also still a Jew. That makes sense, actually, for Wayne Allen Root. It does, because he's a libertarian and also a Republican, but also a libertarian, but also a Republican. And he's a... He's a Jew, but a Christian, but a Jew, but an evangelical Christian, but a Jew. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah you know. So that, that we clear that up. So I just want to talk briefly about, because I am Jewish and an anarchist and I have MS. I'm a pescatarian. The, <laughs> the, the thing about, it's tough making sure the smile gets above the fold there. Gotta, it's very difficult when we're trying to promote Chris <laughs> Reynolds, attorney of law. Gotta, yeah, personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney of law. I gotta just like do this the whole time. Like, hey guys, so, so, I mean, so let's cut. Get, let, you know, if I go, if I if if I actually sit comfortably, it looks like. Hang on, how did I? I just had that. No, that's the other one. 
It's uh, looks like it says Chris Reynolds Muddy Water Studios. It might as well be. It may as well be. I'm fine with that, honestly. <laughs> Chris Reynolds Muddy Water Studios. If I'm... you want us to do this with your gear, just uh, donate to us. This is today. a fun. Yeah, donate shirts and clothing and and. Honestly, anything toothpaste, shampoo, like I mean, we'll take your toiletries and your and your clothing, and use them on the show. No, that's not even I, a question. I will absolutely brush my teeth with your branded toothpaste. <laughs> Speaking to you, Crest. Um, <laughs> so I... Allow me to thank Crest. <laughs> um, this is gonna be a fun episode for our. Uh, podcast listeners by the way guys this is definitely one you'll want to check out on youtube after you listen to the entirety of the podcast you'll want to check this one out on youtube because we're a lot of visual jokes a lot there's a lot of visuals happening here that don't translate well um but yeah so i like that we're having a serious conversation about cutting aid to israel and everywhere else too for that matter like Ron Paul, I think this was his quote. I don't, maybe he took this from someone else, but he said, uh, foreign aid is when rich people take money from poor people in this country to give to rich people in another country. And that's, that is what it is. Like they're, they're giving it to people in power in these governments who then use it however the hell they want to. And Israel has a booming economy a very developed, they're very developed economically in every sector. There's no reason for them to need, there's no reason for any country to need foreign aid. There's definitely no country reason for Israel, a country with a per capita GDP at the higher end of most European countries to be getting billions of dollars a year. No. Absolutely. There's no reason for it. And um, if Ilhan Omar and and uh, the other one, Rashida Tlaib, are <laughs> anti-Semites, okay, then they're anti-Semites. I don't believe... I refuse to believe that about my Ilhan, though. Well, I mean, they're not anti-Semites because Semites is the entire area of people. Well, that's another thing. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And, I mean, look... Look at how Semitic I am. Right. Right. So, but I, anti-Jewish, whatever. If 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 they're if they're anti-Jew, okay, they're anti-Jew. That doesn't mean that we should continue giving money to foreign countries to anyone, but especially to very wealthy foreign countries. There's no sure. reason for it, and so. If that makes me disloyal, because I'm not voting Democrat, but I'm also not voting Republican. I also, I mean, let's distill this for a moment. Donald Trump is telling us the Jewish people, my people, your people, Chris Reynolds. I don't think he's not Jewish, but he is an attorney. And so the our people that the um, oh, I should have put. Uh, parentheses around Chris Reynolds' face. Anyway, um, it would have been. T- I would. I'm not good with scissors. Um, you did Donald a great Trump job was- cutting out Chris Reynolds' face. Though. Thank you. I haven't cut out something since probably like 
seventh grade. I'm very proud of this. This was first try. That's really yeah, that's really amazing. I even got the chin and everything. I, I think I did a great job. So thank you for recognizing that, Matt. Um, Trump is telling us that if you don't if you don't vote basically if you don't vote for him, then you are showing disloyalty to a foreign country that was founded largely by Marxists. Yep. So vote wisely, friend. That's right. Uh, to Andrew Dicker, you can uh, give us Bitcoin donations if you follow our page on float, F-L-O-T-E dot app. Uh, if you find Muddied Waters Media on that, it's uh, at Muddied Waters Media on float dot app. You can give us all the Bitcoin donations that you want. And man, I will I will wear an Andrew Dicker real estate shirt. Absolutely. Um, Definitely. And Corey Hayes, I love you too, son. Um, apparently I have a child now. It's a long story. Don't ask. Named, I have to, I have to see what Corey, you, you keep talking. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that every, many Republicans believe that we need to give aid to, uh, Israel and they're like, yeah, it's because that's what, that's what Jesus would have wanted. Jesus would have wanted us to give aid to Israel and yeah. in all actuality, uh, no. If that's the case, then uh, he probably wouldn't want Israel doing state-funded abortion. There's probably a few things uh, he wouldn't want Israel doing. The, um, the, the murdering. Uh, <laughs> the murder. Um, I can see this guy looking like your son. Yeah. I can see it. I mean, he's wearing a straw hat, so, you know. Right, yeah. Helps. He works out in the sun all day long. Ah. So he wants to keep a youthful glow about him like his old man. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to. Right. You've definitely got to, Matt. But yeah, so I I, I, I mean, this is all the, the same nonsense back and forth about Israel. Jewish people, by the way, here's an interesting thought. Jewish people make up, I think, like 4% of the U.S. population, something like that. I mean, it, very, very, like, we are not a, a, a uh, you know... I see them why, you know, people try to get working class whites because they make up a huge section of the population or baby boomers or even the black vote because the, you know, there's or the Hispanic vote because they're a large voting block uh, that can sway an election that tends to vote, you know, tends to grow vote almost like as a group with some outliers. Jews, there's a, a few million of us here. We vote about 60, 40 between the or three, you know, two to one to three to one Democrat to Republican. If we vote, we tend to make our own choices as to why we're voting. I, 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 I don't, I think it has more to do with signaling to people, Christian, evangelical Christians and people who like Jews more so than actual Jews themselves. Because even if you go, oh, well, Jews Jews have money, so do Indian Americans. And there's right. almost as many, meaning from India, and there's almost as many Indian Americans here as Jewish Americans, and we never hear about them. Well, the reason that we don't never hear about Indian Americans as we do as Jewish Americans is because uh, there wasn't a very long book written about the plight that so many people take to as gospel 
there, there, there was. It's just Christians don't believe that book. They don't. That's they don't believe yeah, the Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. So it's, it's it, a valid point. It, valid. They actually do. They have their own book too, and everything. It's actually a pretty, pretty close comparison. The only difference is that there's like a billion of them in their home country, and you know we got like seven million. Um, but it's. It, I, I think it really has more to do with signaling to evangelical Christians we support Israel because when I tell an evangelical Christian that I'm Jewish. I'm told one of two things usually. Oh, wow, my savior is a Jew. Or I love Israel. To which I say, oh, really? You ever been? I've never been. And they just kind of look at me. And I start talking about whatever I was talking about before they said that. Because I get it. We're supposed so Jews are supposed to have a a a tie to our homeland, right? Not just because most people have a tie to their homeland, but religiously, our religion is built around that we were given this piece of property and told how to live, and then we kept not doing that and getting kicked out of it, and so you know we're you know getting getting beat up there and 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 you know being punished for it, and then we get exiled, and now we finally get to go back after a millennia of being abused around the world. Okay. Israel in its current iteration is a neo-Marxist turned neoliberal state. It is entirely secular. They have had it they have added Judaica to their, you know, to their, you know, badges and 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 crests and symbols and so forth to try to drive home the Judaism part, but there's no reference to God in any of the founding documents. There is a vague reference to the Rock of Israel that was added by a rabbi who essentially misled all of the Marxists and told them, uh, oh yeah, this means the Jewish indomitable spirit, because none of them had read the, the Tanakh and didn't know he was that the Rock of Israel means God. This isn't a religious Jewish state. This is not the 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 the, the events that are going to lead to the coming of Messiah. Like it's a secular state that was carved out by Gentiles for Jews because of bad stuff that had happened. And it was carved out of, in many cases, the private property of people that had lived there for quite a while. And now they're mad about it. I'm simplifying it slightly, but this is not, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say it simplified a little bit, but slightly. That's, yeah, that's that's like the Cliff's notes of uh, that entire battle. But that's, uh, that's the TLDR of like two thousand years of it. No, more than that, four or five thousand years of history. The point yeah. is that, in my mind, anyway, and most Jews would disagree with me. Most religious Jews would disagree with me. I have no. I feel no need as a Jew to feel any particular tie to this secular neoliberal state, which is essentially a protectorate territory of the U.S. I don't. So, if that makes me disloyal to Israel, then I guess I'm also disloyal disloyal to Cambodia, Jordan, Russia, whatever. Like, I'm there are many foreign states I'm not loyal to. Yeah, pretty much all of them. I'm not particularly loyal to this one. 
hour you said 15. Four, you said foreign state, so. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not. So, I mean, I, I, so that's what that is. Speaking right. of, go ahead. I had a not, I, I, I had a segue that I was like, I can't even say that. Speaking of Jews and predicaments, uh, the <laughs> Epstein autopsy came back, guys, and we can all rest easy. It was definitely suicide. In no way was this murder. It was totally suicide. It doesn't matter that they were inconsistency. Like a lot of them. That doesn't That's matter. Right. That's right. The Emmy said it was suicide. That's the final word. Yeah. Nobody should spread any other news about it other than the fact that it was suicide. It's literally just suicide. Only suicide. He was in a he was in suicide watch and then they decided to take him out of it took and him put off. him in a cell. Go ahead. Yeah. Just took him off a of suicide watch there. Yeah. He tried to kill himself two weeks ago. Allegedly. He tried to kill himself two weeks ago. Let's just, Let's just put him back. He's good. He's the highest value asset that we have that the federal government has in terms of like suspects of something. And in terms of just the, the amount of information he had on very high-profile people around the world, let's put him back to not... He's definitely not going to kill himself now. It's right. been and two also, weeks. And he he is a man of finer taste, minus you know his predilection for children. Uh, but finer taste, he gets the nicest things. Let's not give him the paper sheets we give people when they're in this high-max security prison. Let's give him... The full-fledged sheets, the ones that don't rip at the body weight of a full-grown male. Which is what you would give people in prison. Right. Let's just give them some real high-quality paper. (laughs) Give them something that won't rip it, you know, the weight of 250 pounds or whatever he is. So let's completely ignore, because it is suicide, let's completely ignore the fact that he had bones broken in his neck that tend to only break during being strangled by someone. That's right. That Let's doesn't definitely matter. ignore that. Definitely ignore the fact that uh, when he was speaking with his lawyers and with other visitors only the day before, they all said he was in high spirits and was looking forward to the trial. That doesn't matter. That does definitely, not matter. The ME said it was suicide. What is an ME? Medical examiner. Ah, Oh, and the medical examiner, by the way, is Michael Baden. Baden. Baden? It's one Same. of those two. I'm not 100% sure. That's why I didn't put it's his one name. Of them. One of them. Speaking of another Jew in a predicament, Michael Baden, uh, who also was the autopsy chief uh, medical examiner, autopsy person for JFK. And Martin Luther King Jr. And, <laughs> really? Yeah. There was somebody else in there, too. I can't remember who the other one is, but he was JFK, Martin Luther King Jr., somebody else, and Epstein. And I was like, oh, that is that is quite quite the list that that OJ's man has. wife. I, I mean... He's like the Gloria Allred of uh, medical examiners. Another Jew. Um, <laughs> I mean, All I'm not... Should be voting Republican this <laughs> Michael Baden, guys... Let me tell you something. If Michael Baden doesn't vote for Trump this year, he is showing a real disloyalty <laughs> to, to Israel. 
definitely gotta gotta think about that, Doctor Baden. Um, let's forget the fact. Let's ignore it because Mister Baden said so. <laughs> let's ignore the fact that Mister Epstein signed his will the day before killing himself. That's right. Yep. Forget that. Forget that he also has a diary of all the people who went with him on these little pedo ventures. Definitely ignore that. I definitely... I, I think I coined pedo ventures in that, by the way. I hope you did. I hope I did, because I was really proud of pedo I'm, ventures. I'm ready to start filing copyright claims on other people. So let's let's definitely... <laughs> let's say that clearly so they can pick it up. Pedo, pedo ventures. Old pedo ventures. Pedo ventures. This is first use. First use Pedal Ventures. Copyright 2019 Muddy Waters Media. <laughs> um, now, the good news here, of course, is that Prince Andrew of the UK has said he is appalled at what the news has reported about Epstein. Yep. The exact quote that he said was, well, that the palace put out, because Prince Andrew, not talking to the media about this. Yeah. But the palace uh, came out and said... His Royal Highness deplores the exploitation of any human being and the suggestion he would condone, participate in, or encourage any such behavior is abhorrent, which is the most British way to put that. That's the most British way to say, I, I didn't do it. <laughs> I wasn't me. I didn't do it. I didn't there, do it. There's a British version of this shaggy song, It Wasn't Me, and it goes... His Royal Highness deplores that. I'm not going to try to sing. Um, I, <laughs> now, Prince Andrew can't really explain who the girl is in the video where Epstein and an unidentified young girl are leaving Epstein's house. And Prince Andrew is, I guess, at the is it, he's at the doorway. God. He's yeah, he, he's in the doorway. He, he this video is so stupid. He's in the door, like he's standing at the front door right. of the house that's across the street from Bill Cosby. Um, and and Epstein is outside with this young lady, girl, I don't know. Girl, child. Teen, 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 teeny he, bobber. She was, was a teenager. She was definitely a teenager. Uh, of what age, I can't really say. Um, because she wasn't identified, but he's, he's in the doorway. Epstein's like, Hey man, yeah, I'll see you. I'll, I'll see you later. And he's just like, and he waves to both of them. And the girl turns around and waves back and says something. You can't hear anything. And then he like, Help, looks I'm around about all, to be raped. Right. He looks around all creepily and then shuts the door. Like, I hope nobody saw me doing this and <laughs> can't say who that is. Can't tell. Well, I don't remember this. Well, you're in the video. You're waving goodbye to her. Hmm. Don't remember this at all. He's got a lot going on. He's got a lot going on. I don't know if you know or not. Uh, I'm the prince. Like, there's stuff that I do, and everybody's like, no, I didn't know your name until this. There's Charles and there's you, and you have sex with teenagers, apparently. I literally had to look up who Prince Andrew was. I assumed it was the UK, but I know they have, like, Monaco and stuff like that, that they still have royalty. So I looked it up. I'm like, oh, okay. My only association with you is pedophilia now for the rest of my Mm -hmm. life. Um, like, like Kristen Gillibrand. Only association I'm ever going to have with Kristen Gillibrand is that her dad was the lawyer for a sex cult. Followers at Pedophil- home, yeah. If, if if whenever you think of Kristen Gillibrand, you don't even have to know who that is. But when you think of her, when you think of that name, think of the fact that her father 
helped protect a pedophilia cult. The Nexium, Nexium, the ne- Nexium cult. The it's Nex- spelled. N- it's spelled funny. Nexium, Nexium, yeah. the Nexium pedophilia sex cult. He was their lawyer and potentially helped groom people. Kristen Gillibrand. So the good news, guys, is that Prince Andrew says he definitely did not have sex with Virginia Guifrey three Three times. Definitely didn't happen three times when she was under the age of 18. Definitely did not have sex with three times. Three times. Did not do that. I believe it was uh, the un- the court records that became unsealed the day before he killed himself miraculously in the most well-timed uh, suicide of all time. Um, I believe that it was her testimony calling out Prince Andrew. But he didn't do that three times. But he did- no, he didn't do that. That's a, that's a, that's a witch hunt. That's a he- limey hunt. He didn't do that even the third time. No. So that's good news. I'm glad that we can put that particular story behind us. Of American pedophilia behind us. Of of Anglospheric pedophilia. Also. Also. Cross the English-speaking world pedophilia. The the cross-Atlantic. The the transatlantic. The transatlantic... uh, pedophilia cult of billionaires which sounds creepily similar to something alex jones was telling us for like 10 years it's a good thing he's off the internet um he was on crowder the other day was he really talking about epstein well that's appropriate yeah that is appropriate let's see let's see what our, our fans um Andrew Dicker says Epsi may have killed himself. Most likely not. The bone evaluation could go either way, but the roads all lead to Georgia. There are too many coincidences as we know, but who do you think is capable of this level of attention and who else stands to lose from this trial? Mysterious billionaire, yada, yada with things we know, but what steps are realistic to bring these things to light from the public, from the masses? Andrew, I got to tell you, first of all, I don't know who Georgia is, but second, I was like, is he talking about the state, the country, or somebody in particular? I don't know. I, that's probably like a phrase, and I'm just not worldly enough to know it. He's Irish, so. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. Georgia. So, <laughs> Irish. But, yeah, what what can be done? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Like, I, 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 this is actually my second show of the day. I pre-recorded a show um, for later in this week today, and we talked about this very briefly. Um, and I would say, oh, it's from a song. Thank you, man. Um, and we were, we were talking about, uh, we were talking about the Epstein thing. I totally got derailed when he said it was from a song. Um, we were talking about Epstein. There's nothing we can do about it. Right. He committed suicide. He committed suicide. There's nothing we can do about it. More people are, oh, that's what it was. Um, I saw, I saw a meme that I'm going to take as just being truth because I, like, I don't know if there was an actual study done on this, but I take it as truth that 22% of all Americans believe the Epstein autopsy is legit, and 26% of all Americans think that gas station sushi won't hurt them. Really? I don't know if it's real or not. Like, somebody could have just made that. But I take uh. it as 100% truth that more people believe in 
gas station gas sushi station being sushi. okay than the Epstein autopsy being legit. If it's from Sheets or Wawa, I'd probably trust it. Actually, no, not sushi. Not sushi. Yeah, not sushi. I have trouble with like regular uh, grocery store sushi. But I'm definitely not getting it from a gas station, even if it's Sheets or Wawa. Well, guys, if you're in Florida and uh, and you you get hurt by some gas station sushi, you definitely want to contact personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. This guy right here. Mm-hmm. This guy right here. He will he will make sure. He will make sure everything is okay. Uh, Bass says forty uh, percent of all billionaires in the USA are Jewish, despite making up only two percent of the population. I don't know. I'm sure. That's that could be true. That could be true. That could be true. So that the appealing, pandering to Jews in the political sphere, it's the money and it's the evangelicals like that. Those two and boomers in general. Boomers in general are like they were raised on the whole evangelicals and the boomers than it is the money. I mean, ultimately, you need their votes, right? And and boomers. because because you're right, more Jewish people tend to vote Democrat than they vote Republican. So it's not that they're going for the money. They're going for the evangelicals and the boomers. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, there's not for, most Jews are not politically like me, but in terms of their connection to Israel, especially more secular, you know, non-religious especially liberal Jews, they don't really, I mean, there are there liberal Jews that are all about Israel. Yeah. Are, are there a lot that, especially my age and younger that don't particularly care? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it, it's true. It's a play to evangelicals and, and, and boomers. Boomers are like warriors for Israel and Jews. It, understandably. So they were raised on, you know, seeing what happened with the Holocaust and the, the struggles and everything that happened as a result of that. That that's not a reason to support a a foreign. I won't call it an ethno state just because they have such a large minority of of people who are not Jewish, but they definitely are. They're they're not an ethno state. They're a Jewish flavored secular neoliberal state, and they add little bits of Judaica to kind of make it look Jewy. But I mean, they're they're like any other proto European country they are what they are um oh it's ray charles all roads Mm. lead to georgia that old chestnut it's got to be georgia on my mind oh well he might he might have also written all sorts of georgia theme songs because he's from there he was banned from georgia (laughs) isn't he from georgia i don't know uh, I haven't seen Ray in a long time, but he got banned from Georgia because he refused to play a show there once because of uh, uh, da, 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 da. segregation. It wasn't. Yeah, it was segregation. Yeah, uh, okay. it was because of segregation. Um, he refused to play a show until they desegregated their schools and Georgia said, you will never play here again. And he was banned from Georgia until like the 80s when they finally reversed it. And they're like, yeah, this is kind of dumb that he's still not allowed to play. And then they also now that they have like a Ray Charles Day. Yeah. Which is a, that's a reversal. Speaking of reversals, there's some Republicans out there that want you to know 
that they are not happy about guns now, suddenly, that they've already been elected. Actually, Pete King, who we're about to talk about, this isn't really a reversal for Pete King. Pete King's got a long history of being anti-Second Amendment for his people. The people who vote him in because he, he, he has not that, well, I'm going to get to that later, but uh, not that uh, this will come as a shock or not that the NRA is anything to write home about for uh, being pro Second Amendment, but uh, he gets an F from them. So that shows you exactly where he stands on the Second Amendment. Yeah, if you get an F rating from the NRA, you really don't like guns. I believe Bernie Sanders has a D. <laughs> So Bernie Sanders, oddly enough, he's from, well, he's from Brooklyn, but he, he represent Vermont up until recently, Vermont was one of the most pro gun states in the union. Um, and he came from that. You got to toe the pro gun line. If you want to keep getting votes from Vermonters that has changed over time as it's basically all the other New Yorkers have also moved to Vermont, um, to join Bernie. But, um, uh, I have a lot of family in Vermont, so I, I, I have watched, things change there a lot. Um, it's, it's, it's New York in the woods now up in the mountains. Um, whereas it was not before, but, um, yeah, so he, he introduces a bill, uh, that makes it a crime to Peter King, Pete King makes it a crime Uh, to, he, so no, he did not. Sorry. I should have put in more notes. He did not introduce the bill. He signed on to the bill. Okay. So he was the first Republican to sign on to the assault weapons ban, um, right. which uh, in, uh, makes it a crime to knowingly import, sell, transfer, or possess a semi-automatic assault weapon or large-capacity ammunition feeding device, which I think is probably anything over like 10 rounds. Usually they call high capacity. Right. Even though that's standard capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when asked about it, uh, P- PV, PV King uh, said, they are weapons of mass slaughter. I don't see any need for them in everyday society. I think the assault weapons ban is timely now, especially in the view of the shootings in El Paso and Dayton. Yep. And of course he's been joined not on assault weapons bans, but he's been joined on the gun control front by uh, many other Republicans like Dan Crenshaw, Rand Paul and Ted Cruz who are pushing for red flag laws, which are, arguably worse than actual gun bans. So a gun ban is the government says, you can't buy this gun anymore. Usually it says if you've got the gun, oh, well, you got the gun. Not always, but usually it does. And if and if you can't have the gun, it's usually like, so please turn it in. But they're not really actively looking for people that, that already own these. My best guess is that any assault weapon ban, if it were passed, would grandfather in existing ones, at least for now. A red flag law is essentially any person who dislikes you can call the police and say that you're acting as a threat to others. The police will secretly go to a judge without you having a chance to defend yourself or even know what's happening and get a red flag warrant, which is about the easiest thing on earth to get. Then they come to your house, usually early, early in the morning, and either knock on the door or, in some states, break into your house and tell you to give up all of your weapons, not just your assault weapons, your, if you got a revolver, you got a flintlock pistol that you got, that's a historical item, got any big knives, you're going to take those from you, brass knuckles, 
tasers. They want it all. And if you react the way most people would react to police, to, to someone bursting into their house at five in the morning, not really knowing who it is, they'll kill you with their large capacity semi-automatic assault rifles. That's so right. that's what a red flag law is. So when a Republican says, well, I'm not in favor of banning guns. I just think the police should murder you for having them. That was uh, the story. God, when did I post that? I kind of wish that I... Nope, not that one. I don't even remember who I stole that from because that would make it a lot easier. Uh, da, 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 da. You keep talking. I'm going to find Well, it. while Matt's looking for that, guys, if, if the police ever do burst into your house and murder one of your loved ones, I'm certain that personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, if you're in Florida anyway, can help you. I don't know about that. He can at least refer you to someone. He can at least refer you to somebody. He could definitely refer you to somebody. I'm not sure if that is his... Uh, his forte? His forte. Um, which I also found out that's not how you pronounce that. There it is. Eric Brakey. Eric Brakey from Maine. Running oh, yeah, for yeah, yeah. He wrote a uh, great post the other day in a knock, yeah. knock, knock. It's 5 a.m. and you are awakened by a loud knock on your door. I felt like that was unnecessary with the knock, knock, knock at the beginning, Eric. But I still love you anyway. You're a great guy. Uh, you grab your firearm and see what's going on. Government agents are there with a red flag order to seize your firearms, but you've done nothing wrong. You haven't broken any laws, so how could this be? And you think for a moment, why should I comply with this clearly unconstitutional demand? Still groggy and confused, you are shocked as they try to force their way into home, into your home, so you resist and you are shot dead in your doorway. Your name is Gary Willis. You live in Glen Burnie, Maryland or anywhere else that has red flag laws. That's not how that ended, but that is what happens. Yeah. That is what is going to happen to literal thousands yeah. of people who have never broken the law, but because somebody said they need, they need to turn in their weapons, that is going to happen. Cops are going to die. People are going to die. I did not mean to have that come off the way that that came off. But Human yeah, beings, cops Human... are going to die. Human beings are going to die. Go ahead. That I'm sorry. I didn't mean... Not the way that I meant to do it. Uh, <laughs> cops are going to die. Human <laughs> citizens, regular <laughs> citizens are going to die. <laughs> regular citizens are going to die. And people everywhere are going to defend these red flag laws because they feel as though this is what we need to do in order to protect things. You are turning, for all of you Republicans supporting this, for all of you Republicans supporting this, you are turning your back on every veteran that you sent off to a war that we should not have been involved in. Yep, absolutely. All of them are coming back with some sort of PTSD or some sort of mental disorder that now make it incapable for them to carry and protect their Second Amendment rights. The rights that they allegedly fought for over in the sand against brown people that apparently kept our freedoms from us. Well, apparently the Taliban still has that particular freedom, guys, because we're still getting killed over here for, you know, having people dislike us and possibly owning weapons, which I don't. I don't. And I'll never go on a boat again. I'll tell you that much. And so, top fan, top fan, Sarah Anderegg. 
says what happens when a police officer gets red flagged will they get taken off the job on top of their weapons being taken and to sarah andrig i say probably not probably not probably not probably not i mean we do know multiple studies chris reynolds just tuned in by the way yeah i know i texted him oh good because i messaged him too because this is the chris so chris you just tuned in this is the chris reynolds attorney at law episode of episode. the money waters of freedom that's right chris we, reynolds attorney at law official t-shirt and the chris reynolds uh, this side the chris reynolds attorney at law semi-official t-shirt semi-official should be official t-shirt. this should be an official t-shirt chris if you sold a shirt like this i'd buy one for every member of my family we if you give us permission we will sell them on the muddy waters of freedom store on yes Amazon. if we <laughs> We will absolutely. This guys, this will be if if Chris Reynolds allows, this will be a hot item. We will share the profits of it with the Chris oh, yeah. Reynolds not, attorney at law. Not even a question. I <laughs> I'll be the first person to buy one in a schmedium. In a so, schmedium. In a schmedium. So yeah, no, I I don't I don't know. I've I've seen the the memes that are like, yeah, you know, we should start reporting politicians and 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 cops. Cops have a 40% domestic abuse rate and there's still cops. So I don't think that's gonna, Mm-mm. I don't think it's going to work. I, I, I think we sometimes get caught up and we see this a lot where people, we get so caught up in thinking, well, the law says this, so we're going to use the law to our advantage. And if you can do that, I mean, there are many att- defense attorneys that, you know, work hard to do that. But the reality is politicians and police often ignore the law because who's going to stop them. And they stand up for one another and protect them from the law. Yeah. Yeah. The thin blue line is actually a barricade where they circle the wagons around their own. um, When one of them is accused of of wrongdoing, we've seen the videos. A, a, A cop is clearly assaulting a human being and another cop comes up and is a good cop, but they just kind of stopped that other cop from doing it. Well, that's not what they're supposed to do because if they saw me assaulting someone, they'd arrest me. Right. But they're not going to do that to their, their friend and their buddy. So Chris Reynolds just commented. He said, spike cops beat their spouses. No, actually that comes from a survey from cops. Yeah, no, I'm just quoting the survey. That was actually a, a commission study. Um, that was a commission study where they asked uh, 340 different police officers if they've ever beaten their wives, and it was between severe, uh, it was minor and severe, and the minor was anything with a closed fist, slapping, kicking, where severe was beating them, which I'm not really sure where the differentiation was between those two. Right, um, right. But the severe was beating them, choking them, uh, throwing them. And something else. I don't remember what the other one was. Stabbing him? Like, I mean, my God. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it may have been something like the threatening with a gun. Something along those lines. It's what they do for a living. Um, so they, so yeah, it was, it was, it was, I think just over 40% that, that did that. And that was self-reported. Yep. That so was what about the ones anonymous, who. Anonymous answers. Yeah. What about the ones who said no, but they did. Right. The ones that lied. The ones that so, lied. So that 40 is the floor, basically. Right. 
So yeah, no, I don't, I don't see that working. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's what's been going on with, with our friends in the Republican party. So I, I want to talk about the, I have a lot of respect for Eric Brakey. I want to talk about the unconstitutional thing because I, of course, um, yeah, anarchists, we get it. Right. It's my shtick. Like this is my thing. Um, <laughs> I talked about this on my show last night with uh, TJ Roberts, which, by the way, it's a freaking fantastic episode. Just a side note there. But so I, I, I talked with, with TJ and we, we talked about the fact that let's say something's unconstitutional. Okay, something is unconstitutional. Red flag laws are against the Constitution. The police will still kill you over it. Mm-hmm. Or take your weapons over it and make you comply. You'll still be on your record. You'll still have to go to court and fight to get your your weapons back. You'll still be presumed guilty, which is a violation of... We talked about red flag laws are a violation, not just of the Second Amendment, but of the Fourth Amendment, of whichever amendment is the right to a speedy trial, um, because you know there's going to be a backlog on red red flag cases. Um, At least five or six amendments, as clearly written... Are being violated and you could argue that the first amendment's being violated too because you're often having this happen because you said something to someone that they didn't like but even if you don't want to say that one at least four at least five or six other ones are being violated that's like at least half of the bill of rights quote unquote that is being violated okay now what unless you can get enough political will to get politicians to repeal these laws or to not pass them in the first place, it doesn't matter what the sheet of paper says. So Lysander Spooner once said, and I'm paraphrasing here, whether the Constitution is was designed to create the overbearing and ever-increasingly infringing government that we have, or whether it's powerless to stop it, it kind of makes it unfit to exist, or at least for us to, to lean on and say, well, this is unconstitutional. Okay, great. That's like a cop speeding by you and you pull up next to him and you go, hey, you're speeding and that's against the law. And then they pull you over for going the same speed as them. That is the equivalent of telling the police that something is unconstitutional. They do not care. Years ago, years ago, I got uh, pulled over for my, for not using my blinker. Okay. I'm certain that's not why he pulled me over. I'm certain he thought that I had drugs in the car. Right. And he, uh, so he pulled me over and he was like, you didn't use your blinker back there. And I don't know about you, but I have to use my blinker because it's the law. And I said, oh, I thought I did. I know I didn't, but you know what? And, uh, like the next day I saw a cop make a left-hand turn, no blinker. And I wanted to chase him down. And my friend in the car convinced me not to because we had drugs in the car. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. This is just a bad idea. Just yeah. Don't do that. I didn't have drugs in the car the first time. I did the second time. Yeah. Uh, Chris Reynolds asked, do libertarians even care about the Constitution. 
Uh, to Chris Reynolds, yes, libertarians care about the Constitution. Most of them believe in the Constitution. They think that the Constitution should be the only, especially the Bill of Rights, should be the only 10 laws there are and that the laws should dictate how the government acts and not put any restrictions on the people. Right. Yeah. You've got, so there are different types of libertarians. You've got your minarchists and your anarchists, basically. And the minarchists believe that a, um, a minimal government is needed to protect everyone's, basically protect everyone's property rights and to protect their, 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 their property. And that's about it. Not even to really try to do much else. Um, and that, that is necessary. Anarchists believe that any existence of government requires infringing on people's property rights through taxation, through laws and things like that. And that therefore uh, it's unable to protect something, our rights, if its existence is uh, a violation in the first place. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, it's, and then there's a, a, an even more fun group of minarchists who don't like the constitution. They like the articles of confederation that the constitution replaced, uh, which they say was an actual attempt at limiting government. My argument right. to that is, and look what happened to it. They got rid of it the first time they felt like it because it's a sheet of paper. Um, yeah. The, John, uh, John Liberty said, I'll buy a shirt that says cops have a 40% domestic abuse rate and they're cops with Spike's face. That's probably going to be on the... They'll probably be on there soon. <laughs> I'll make it tonight. Um, Chris Reynolds says, if you wear a bootleg Chris Reynolds law shirt, you definitely won't get pulled over. I eh, hope that's you true. Might, you might get pulled over, but you got a better chance of getting off. Officer, what could possibly be the problem? I have a Chris Reynolds attorney at law shirt on. Drugs? Of course not. I would never yeah. do drugs. I'm wearing Chris Reynolds law while shirt. While sporting a a beautiful Chris Reynolds shirt that i made i made i don't do drugs i get high on my hobbies like making chris reynolds shirts that's right so real quick before uh you do what you're about to do i am looking at our stream on float uh and i know so uh actually i'm not gonna even spoil that i'm not even gonna spoil what happens in my show with Aaron nakamoto that's gonna be coming out later this week but uh I talked to her about the archiving thing. Um, oh, good. Uh, our stream on float looks really good. It looks really good. Like, what I is highly... it? It's float.app slash moneywatersmedia slash live. Yes. Oh, wow. That does look good. It looks really good. I'm not even going to say It looks really good. So if oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. If uh, you're out there and you uh, are on the float f-l-o-t-e if you're not on there go to float f-l-o-t-e dot app sign up and follow muddied waters media and you yeah, can watch us live f- there for all of our shows that looks so and good can, it does that looks that, i mean that's better than facebook that's better than youtube that's better than youtube holy hell everyone join float now so we can stop using these other garbage uh social media applications well, give, it, give us some time until you know we can embed but um but yeah no join float follow us because they they have put together a great they put together a great platform it's still in beta so they're still working on some things but that it, looks, it looks good so good 
Uh, Matt Sheehan says, no victim, no crime. You're damn right. I didn't That's mean to right. punch Chris in the face. I'm sorry. Yeah, you just punched Chris right in the Chris, face. Chris, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I did not mean that. You're you're darn right, Matt. Sheehan. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Chris Reynolds. Sorry, Chris Reynolds. I'm sorry. Personal injury attorney. I would Chris never Reynolds. I would never intentionally hurt Chris Reynolds. I would mm. apparently accidentally do so though. Well, yeah. So I'm sorry. So guys, are you thinking of making a podcast? Well, I hope I you are, <laughs> because Anchor, if you are, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Isn't that right, Matt? That's true. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free. For free? For free, which you can use right from your phone and or computer. Well, I hope that they have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They do. They absolutely do. Not only that, but they will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. This everywhere. includes everywhere. This includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and many, many more. That is insane. Now, I know that you can easily make money from your podcast with Anchor, but what's the minimum listenership? This is going to be really hard to believe, but there is no minimum listenership. No minimum listenership? No minimum listening. Well, great day in the morning. Great day in the morning. So all you have to do is if you want to start a podcast is uh, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And if you do that, let us know. Send us a message in one of our many inboxes that you can send us a message, preferably on the anchor.fm app. And you can uh, possibly, one, get on the show. And two, if you start a podcast, we will subscribe, sub for sub. Sub for sub. Sub for sub. Sub for sub, baby. Check out that back page section. Right. Um, is back page still a thing? Does that they they shut no, that back down? Back page right? got shut down. Oh, check that out on Pirate Bay. I tried to sign somebody else, somebody up on back page, <laughs> and I was going to put an ad out with their phone number. That's probably why they got shut down. So that's probably why. <laughs> that's probably why. There's a good chance now, guys. One of the cool features on Anchor. Is that you can, uh, well, you can give us money by going to anchor.fm slash muddywaters. But you can also leave us these really nifty voice messages. And we've got a few nifty voice messages messages today from none other than personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, pictured here. So, this is the Chris, professional injury attorney. Personal injury attorney, professional personal injury, professional attorney. personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. This is the this is his show today. This I, every show is all about Chris. This is the muddied Chris Reynolds of Chris Reynolds. Right. Um, Chris, Chris Reynolds pre- presents the muddied waters of freedom. Personal injury waters of Chris <laughs> Reynolds freedom. Yes, attorney at law. Attorney at law. So here's the first message. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with the AOC Millennial Minute, backed by popular demand. So um, one of the more interesting stories recently that I've seen is uh, where Jay-Z has partnered with the NFL to um, essentially discuss and help with cultural issues, issues regarding race. Um, And 
many people are super pissed off about this, um, calling Jay-Z um, a sellout, Uncle Tom, you name it, all, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, this has been one of the more interesting things over the last few years that, you know, I, I, I found where we have the private sector and the public sector kind of coming together and trying to figure out a way to work. And it, it just, it never seems to go away. So I love the guys' thoughts on Kaepernick, this move by Jay-Z, and, you know, any other thoughts on this issue. Thanks. Bye. Do you have anything before I, I have some Okay, things. so. God, so many people are going to get mad at me about this one. Um, <laughs> all right. So if you don't stand for the special song, the magical sky cloth will get mad. Um, that, that's just a known fact. That flag died for your freedom. That's right. That flag, uh, which the flag died for the freedom. And, you know, when you don't stand to do the Pledge of Allegiance that was written by a socialist in order to get kids more used to being, uh, to pledge their allegiance to their country as opposed to anything else. Uh, but anyway, so let's, uh, let's talk about Kaepernick. Right. Does Kaepernick have the right to kneel at, the special song yes kaepernick has the right to do it but when you're employed by the san francisco 49ers or anybody else and they tell you to stand they are your employers so if they say stand you stand up or you lose your job do i think he has a right to do it absolutely do do his employers have the right to say you uh, have to stand for that portion. Yes, they do. And if they say, if you don't keep standing, we're going to fire you. Yeah. What What are you... We're just, what we, are have you? A, we have a situation here. Okay. We have a bit of a situation that's happened. My wife was trying to be quiet and it just became so much louder. And then the dog came in and it's just, there's a whole thing happening here. Yes. Gotcha. If, you, if, you don't, if you don't stand for the sky cloth... And your employer tells you to, you can be fired. Sure. Um, I don't remember all the details with it. I, I think there were some allegations that that wasn't actually required. And I know we got a settlement with the NFL, but I, I don't remember all of that. Specific- so, okay, so look, luckily you got me for sports, but I'm going to ask you about Jay-Z in a minute because I'm not even 100% sure who that is. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I've seen him in concert um, three times. Uh, oh, wow. So he got, he didn't stand for the special song and then Skycloth got mad. Right. And so Skycloth got all mad. And then President Trump was like, this, the NFL ratings are down. And it's because people like Kaepernick and they don't, the NFL is not making them. And the NFL was like, well, maybe Trump's right. So we're going to make them stand for the special song so Skycloth doesn't get mad anymore. And so they made them do that. And they said, no, you have to do it. Now, Kaepernick was not a good quarterback. He was not a good quarterback right. whatsoever. Right. He was, a, he was a mediocre, at best, quarterback. And <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but it's so distracting. I want these strawberries. I'll be right back. You keep talking. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> just you're looking out of the corner of your eye and like reaching. I'm like, what are you doing? I'll be right back. Something <laughs> okay. very important came up. Yeah, you get your strawberries. He was a mediocre quarterback. The first year, nobody knew how to stop him. He just con- 
he would just run around and eventually something would happen. Then the 49ers got rid of Alex Smith. Once they got rid of Alex Smith, they said, Kaepernick is our guy. He's about to be a star. That's what's going to happen. (laughs) That's what's going to (laughs) happen. I like how you act like you know that or heard that. Um, He's he's the star. He's going to be our guy. And so they got rid of Alex Smith. Alex Smith went over to Kansas City. Kaepernick was the main guy over in San Francisco. In two years, he proved that he could not pass a football well enough to be the starter because he can't just keep running around. They kept giving him passing plays, so he kept trying to throw it, and he kept throwing interceptions. He kept throwing incompletions. He kept throwing uh, pass balls. He kept, like everything that you don't want your quarterback to do, uh, and he would just eventually start running. And hopefully something would break out, but they had figured him out by that point. He right. is not a good quarterback. Then after that, after he got cut from the 49ers, he was offered three backup quarterback positions, one in Seattle, one in Denver, and I think one in Baltimore. I don't remember where the third one is, though. And he turned them all down because he said, no, I should be a starter. I should be a starter. He, it's not that he was blackballed from the league. It was that he felt he needed to be a starter, and he wasn't taking it any other way. So he and turned he down want, the three. Ba- didn't he want like an absurd amount of money? Probably. Yeah. Um, and everybody had to take it on the same thing that Kaepernick – when he was the starter in the, in San Francisco, he was pretty much quiet. Nobody really heard from him. He became right. the backup, and then he started doing the kneeling thing, and he sucked all of the media attention to him. Right. Nobody cared about Garoppolo. I think that's who the quarterback was at the time. I'm not 100% sure. Um, no, it wasn't Garoppolo. Garoppolo came in later. It was somebody that was awful. It was somebody that was almost as bad as Kaepernick. Um, but they – he sucked all of the media attention to him. So everybody knew if you're bringing him in as a backup, you were going to be sucking all the media attention to him, even third string, second string, whatever, all of the media attention is going to go to Kaepernick and go away from the people you want the media attention going to the people that are actually playing in the games. And he kept going, I'm being blackballed by the league because nobody wants me as a starter because he wasn't good enough to be a starter. And then he sued the league for uh, people for being blackballed with a couple other people who knelt, two of which are playing now two right. of which got contracts and are playing again, and he isn't. And it's not because he should be a starter and he's being blackballed. It's because he's not good enough to be a starter, and he refused three backup positions, and everybody knew that he would be a media nightmare. And instead of just being let go a year or so later because he wasn't a great quarterback anymore, Instead, he's got this sweet Nike deal and a huge settlement from the NFL. And he's seen as a hero. If he really just cared about the game, he would have taken the backup position and been like, okay, maybe I'll be a starter again one day. But he was like, no. Or he could have gone and played in the Canadian Football League. Or he could have gone to play in the Arena Football League, where people who love the game go to play if they can't make it in the NFL. Or the new XFL or whatever it's called. That I don't know what that new thing's called. The new football league. Oh, the Vince McMahon thing? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yes. The Jay-Z thing is that Jay-Z has partnered with the NFL uh, to supposedly to help them with social justice issues. Because I know if I want to work on social justice issues, I'm going to do it with Jay-Z. Really what happened here is that Jay-Z wanted to be a one of the team owners become a part owner of a football team and the only way you he could do that 
and not look like he was selling out was by doing this social justice thing too. Um, listen. No one had a problem with Jay-Z when he was rapping about victimizing black people for the better part of 20 years. Gosh, no. More than that. 30 years, almost. No, 20 years. Yeah. Better part of 20 years. At least, at more, over 20 years, he was rapping about black women were bitches, black men were the N-word, I'm going to kill anyone that gets in my way, I'm going to you know do this, I'm going to do that. Basically, just rapping a lot about harming other black people. He started shifting where now he... He couples talking about harming black people with talking about growing black wealth. And he did a song called The Story of OJ. And in part of that song, he ta- it was like one or two lines. He talked about the fact that essentially that Jewish people came to New York penniless and now own large parts of it. Because they built up their wealth and focused on in-group preference and built something from it. And he basically said, let's do that too. And all of a sudden here came all the groups to say, oh, no, you shouldn't say that. That's a con. That's an anti-Semitic trope that Jews own things. That's apparently a trope, not a factual statement. Um, and so he got a lot of flack. Again, were they mad when he was saying, I'm going to kill this N and F this bitch? And what? No, they were mad when he said, let's replicate what Jews are doing and build something for ourselves. Now, here he is again saying, I'm going to go join part of the NFL and essentially change it from the inside. We're told that, you know, you got to change things from the inside. He got in trouble because he said something along the lines of the the days of kneeling are over. And what he was saying is, instead of kneeling before the things that threaten us, stand on top of it and start owning these things. So that now we're the people that own these things and we're not being victimized. and, And instead of just being subject to what's happening let's actually own it so that we're helping direct what is happening well that wasn't good enough because for the professional grievance industry their whole shtick is we have to express extreme discontent appeal to good white people to do something about it and then step one repeat that's that's their shtick, is let's say things are bad and let's go tell white people that they need to change it. And he's saying, no, let's build our own and not be subject to the whims of, of white people or whomever else. Well, that's unacceptable. So that's what that's about, in a and nutshell. Just so everybody knows, personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, has never wrapped about the n-word or called women the b-word in his raps ever no chris reynolds attorney at law personal injury like the will smith he's the white attorney rappers (laughs) yes better than anything i could have said um so here is our next message from come up with that (laughs) what's that glad i could come up with that yeah no thank you the will smith Actually, thank you to our uh, opening music uh, that we are allowed to use without 
copyright claim. He is the Zuby <laughs> of white attorney rappers. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Zuby ra- uh, curses in his raps. I hope not. He talks about Jordan if he Peterson. D- if he does, then we go back to the Will Smith thing. Yeah, and then it's back to Will Smith. It's back to Will Smith. Uh, so here's the next question from from Chris. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with Tilapia Time. So um, obviously you guys are are libertarians or anarchists, but I would love to hear what. Um, you all would consider to be the least objectionable laws or areas of laws, um, probably is a better way to put it. Um, So for example, if you were in some weird universe put in charge of creating a government and your choices were a, a, an extremely socialist government with tons of regulations and tons of laws or B you had to create a government with, say, five areas of laws that you would regulate. What would those five areas that would be least objectionable to you be? Thanks. Bye. I like this question. I'll, I'll let you go first. Um, that is a good question. Um, I would say that there needs to be laws that have to do with victim. Like there's a victim. So Right. Uh, no murdering, no raping, no, no murdering, no raping, no, uh, theft, no selling of people. Um, so laws where people's personal properties and their personal bodies are being, uh, treaded upon, um, would, would be a big one. Um, Pretty much every law that I can think of that I would support stems from that ideal, though. Right, right. Yeah, that's pretty much what I would say too. I mean, Chris. So when I hear, you know, a pedophile got arrested or something like that, I'm not like, "Wow, well, you know, the state is." Blah. I'm like, "Good." Like, uh, you know, I mean, I, or I'll hear, you know, a pedophile got killed in prison. I don't start a soliloquy about how, you know, the state is, you know, turning people into criminals in the sti- I'm glad that the pedophile's dead. Like, I that not just a pedophile, but a, some pedophile that actually victimized children too, like actually acted on their attraction is dead. Great. I hear a murderer got executed. Awesome. Like I I the state has what's that? If a murderer get like if a murderer gets executed by the state, I I'm not like I'm not awesome. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it. But when Dylan Roof gets killed, I'm not going to get terribly upset about it. I don't I don't support the death penalty. Am I going to get upset about it? No, no. Um. So with that said, if I were to create, if I were told that either like you said, it either has to be this heavily socialist government or you you make your own and and you know come up with your your area it it would it would be like it would like Matt said protecting people's lives rights and property and of course as an anarchist i believe there is no such way for government to do this but that that in this you know this hypothetical that that's what it would be that you know the police are stopping people from committing murder or, or arresting people who commit murder trying to stop people who are assaulting people trying to stop people who are raping people kidnapping theft, these types of things. 
And that would be it. It would not be, oh, uh, well, you're doing drugs and, you know, people who do drugs are more likely to do X, so we have to arrest you for doing drugs. It wouldn't be red flag laws. It wouldn't be, oh, these types of guns aren't allowed. It would be if you are either harming someone or actively working to harm someone, now you're going to be in trouble. Right. And that would be it. I would also have a lot of devotion. If, if we're talking federal government, there would be massive layer, and I'm not even sure how this would work, but there would have to be massive layers of accountability on the police. And I think I would probably, if the police weren't completely unarmed, they would at least not have this militarized, you know, where, you know, the average cops driving around with a freaking 12 gauge or an AR-15 and, and, you know, they have easy access by making a phone call to a freaking armored personnel carrier. Like, there, there's no need for that. There's need for the citizens to have that stuff, not for the police. Um, so that that's what it would look like to me. So, um, so here is the third of four uh, questions from uh, Chris. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with Trump Time. So the big news recently is the failed attempt to purchase Greenland by Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess the subsequent strained relations between Denmark and the United States because of that. And now it seems like there might be some insults going, at least in Denmark's direction, possibly the other way as well. Um, And so I just wanted to know what the what the people at Muddied Waters Media thought about all of this. Um, And specifically, number one, do we even want Greenland? Number two, what is Greenland worth? And number three, was this really something that, that Donald Trump thought was on the table, or is this just something for ratings and all of that? Thanks. So I think, first of all, it would be helpful if someone told Donald Trump that um, Greenland isn't actually that big. It's just the projection that makes it look like that, that they're taking a spherical image and projecting it out so that anything on the corners looks much bigger that Greenland actually isn't that size that might that might it might help might not help but I think it might help um but I is it I thought I thought it was bigger than it looked because no no everything is so the closer you are to the equator the more exact the size is the further away you get the bigger it's been made to look because if guys if you picture like a, an orange or something and you remove the peel and you try to flatten it out into a into a rectangle you're not going to be able to there's going to be edges missing and so basically what they're doing is filling in those edges by expanding those corners and so what ends up happening is is the further up into the sides you get the the bigger stuff looks so like Canada looks bigger than it really is Russia looks bigger than it really is Australia looks bigger than it really is and Greenland looks bigger it's still the biggest island on earth I from what I've read it it has a lot of strategic significance it has a lot of uh rare earth metals and all sorts of rare earth minerals and oil and 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 things like that it also um has a relatively small population and it also um in Greenland all land is government owned so if the u.s were to purchase greenland they'd actually own all the land there um i matt i i have a a hot take theory on this but i'll I'll let you go first 
Uh, I know your hot take theory, and I was going to rip it off, but so since it's yours, I'll let you have it. Um, I don't think he was actually serious about buying yeah, Greenland. I, I think that he did it just to put something in the news cycle because, I mean, everything's been about not him. Right. So I think he wanted something in there. He's like, oh, President Trump wants to buy Greenland. Oh, God, what is he thinking? Oh, God, doesn't he understand that you can't just buy a country? Can't buy Greenland, yeah. Right, but, like, I, I think it was more of that than anything yeah. else, but I'd know your hot take, and that's also... I kind of like your hot take, too. I think it's it, it, some of it is real basic. So we we get into this stuff with Trump where we're trying to figure out his 7D chess because he keeps winning. And so you assume there's like this, you know, master plan. And I think he it's a much more visceral thing with him. If you think very simple on any subject is, is Donald Trump what people are talking about right now? And if the answer is no, then the next question is, how can Donald Trump make this about everyone talking about Donald Trump again? And the reason that works is because if you can suck all the air out of the room, and we've talked about this countless times, if you can suck all the air out of the room and you're all, the only person anyone else knows, no one else can really get any traction, and a lot of people will just go, eh, I'll go with Donald Trump then. And right. it has worked for him. As we've said, no Democratic candidate is going to beat him. The only thing that is going to beat him is if the economy goes south between now and Election Day, especially the closer it happens to Election Day. And... That's looking like that might happen. But but anyway, so I think it was, the, you know, like Matt said, kind of this, you know, no one's no one's talked about me since that whole thing about, you know, the whatever the last thing I lost my mind of, what was it, send them back or whatever. Um, and so the, the next thing is, I, I do think he was asking about Greenland, um, you know, about, you know, buying it or, or whatever. I think he let it leak because he wanted the attention, but also because if you look at the scheduling, Trump was scheduled to go there this month, and then uh, Barack Obama was scheduled to go there uh, like two or three weeks later. Now, Donald Trump is incredibly unpopular everywhere, but also in Greenland. And Barack Obama is incredibly popular in Greenland. And so if you think of the optics of Donald Trump visits gets a, a polite, sterile reception from the, 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 the and it was a state visit. So the, the, the Queen of Denmark, who, you know, the, the Danes own Greenland, technically. Yeah, I didn't um, think he was going to Greenland. I thought he was going to Denmark. Denmark. I'm sorry. Uh, 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 and I meant Denmark. He's, he's thank you, because I was going to keep saying Greenland. He's, uh, he's incredibly unpopular in Denmark and in Greenland. Obama's incredibly popular in Denmark. So he's going to go there on a state visit, get a very sterile, but courteous and cordial reception from the the the, the queen and the, and the government of Denmark with protests all over the place and the general public booing and hissing. And then Barack Obama is going to go there to open arms and, oh, I like that. When I do this, oh, his yeah, head comes in. Oh, yeah. Rest of the show. <laughs> so Obama goes there and is, is what's that? Get your Christ on. Yeah. So Obama goes there to rapturous applause and, you know, being beloved by the entirety of the Danish people. And those optics aren't good. Trump likes being 
the center of attention and he does not like be like being made to feel small or weak and that those optics make him look small and unpopular and so i i think he and and there was no real like plus to him going there but he's not going to just cancel out of the blue so this kind of gives a, a really weird flimsy pretext well, since you're not going to let me buy Greenland from you, which I never actually asked you if I could, I'm not going to visit no more. So that's my hot take. I don't think he really wanted to buy Greenland. I think he asked some people about it, and they explained why it wouldn't work. And he probably was like, all right. And I, I don't know. If he really does truly want to buy Greenland, then... That that could be possible. That could be possible. But my my my, I think this was an example of, of, maybe not chess but checkers, where he thought, okay, if I float this thing and get them to say anything negative about it, I can say, oh well, then I'm not going. But that's my that's my opinion on that. And so here is our last, uh. Of four from personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with your AOC Millennial Minute. So I think we've been running under the assumption for quite a while now that Donald Trump will get elected into his uh, second term. Uh, however, um, we have had at least some indicators recently that we might be headed for somewhat of a economic recession. And obviously, economy leads to elections, and we all know that. Um, but I just wanted to know what uh, what the uh, good people of Muddied Waters Media thought about if we if we were to enter into a recession, would that be enough? Do you think for one of these Democratic um, candidates to win, or is Trump still going to win regardless? Thanks. Okay, so, uh, yeah, you've heard a lot of people saying, <laughs> you've heard a lot of people uh, say that uh, economists have been saying that uh, we are looking at a recession sometime in 2021. Now, if you looked at the study, it says that 34% of economists think that we're heading towards, toward a recession in 2021 as late as early as September of 2021, I think is what the study said. Uh, 34%, that means it's 66 66. Yeah. 66% of economists don't think that. Now, but let's say the 34% are correct. Let's say that one third of the economists are correct. That means that uh, we've always said, well, I've always said, I think Spike's always agreed with me. I'm not 100% sure. I barely listen to him now. Um, he says that... Um, We've always said that it's the economy that is yeah. going to keep Donald Trump in office. Right. No matter right. what, it's the economy. I will throw in the caveat that if he goes with red flag laws, he is going to lose a big portion of his base. A big portion. But the economy is going to be the main thing that's going to get him reelected. If by the 2020 election, by November of 2020, if they believe that if more economists believe and like people are only saying that we're heading toward recession, there is a chance that he would lose, but you would have to see definite trends of the economy doing poorly. 
and Trump being the type that's going to suck all the media out of the room, suck all the air out of the room. He is going to point to job numbers. He is going to point to uh, GDP. He's going to point to whatever it is that makes it look like the economy is doing great. And because right. Donald Trump is saying it, that is what's going to be reported. Yeah. Now, I, yeah. Now, I don't think that we are heading toward a recession the way that a lot of other people think we are. I'm also not an economist. However, right now, I don't think we are at a bubble point that I that is going to come crashing down on us quite yet. I think that we are still building up to that, and I think that it's going to screw whoever's next. Yeah, I so the next couple months will tell a much bigger picture because right now we're in the middle of stock crashes and uh, and a lot of talk about war with uh, uh, um, a trade war with China and, and, and stuff like that. Um, and we're in a trade war with China. Um, I think that I personally think that we will probably be facing, if not a recession, at least a, a slowdown that's going to point to a coming recession sometime next year. Um, and I hope I'm wrong. Not because I particularly care who wins uh, the election, but just because I hope I'm wrong. Because when the economy, when, you know, that when the economy takes a downturn, you know, people people are harmed by that. So I, I hope that isn't the case. But I, I tend to think it is for two reasons. One, uh, the the uh, bond yields uh, have inverted, meaning that the I think it's the two year and the ten year yields have inverted. Um, and that's a typically an indicator of a recession, not always, but usually. And then the other uh, reason is because the uh, rate of uh, margin trading, so that's people taking out short-term loans just to buy stock, um, is at uh, the, the percentage of stock trades that are being traded on margin is at or near, uh, actually above the highs that were reached just before the uh, the the last uh, recession started in in the end of the middle to what September of oh eight, um, so I tend to think that we're looking at something happening soon. I will say this: if it crashes right after he gets reelected, like if it stays up enough so that he gets reelected, and then it crashes, you're going to have what I would argue is a worst case scenario, which is a lame duck Donald Trump with Democrats controlling both houses of Congress. And that, my friends, will look like every nightmare you thought was going to come from Obama. Yep. Um, because he'll have Democrats in the majority and Republicans largely unwilling to fight against him because he will still have the cult of personality around him. We have all watched... Trump supporters who used to use how pro-gun Trump was explain to you why red flag laws are okay, assault weapons bans are okay, and pretty much anything he says is okay. Or they'll say those things are bad, but they'll come up with these weird g mental gymnastics about how, well, you know, it's not really his fault. You know, he's being pressured by the rhinos or, or whatever. They'll make whatever excuse they can or even just outright refusing to acknowledge that he said that he supports taking away guns without due process or whatever else he said. They'll they'll literally just say, no, he didn't. Um, and, and that's what a cult of personality looks like. It looks like massive cognitive dissonance and pouring your hopes and dreams into an empty suit who doesn't even know you. Um, and so I think that 
Um, yeah. So if it is going to crash, I hope it does it sooner before he gets reelected because right after he gets reelected is an, or I hope it happens in after 2022 so that we're not dealing with Donald Trump and a Democrat controlled Congress. Cause that would be an absolute nightmare. So that's my take on that. Um, so speaking of, so real quick, uh, the, 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 kit, uh, bass. Okay. Bass on bass on the YouTube said, you guys do understand that pedophiles are anarchists. No, they're not. No, no, because most of the anarchists I know do not want to do harm to another person. Well, pedophiles strictly and sexually want to harm somebody else. Yeah, I mean, Jeff Epstein wasn't an anarchist. Bill Clinton, who might be an anar- uh, a pedophile, definitely wasn't an anarchist. Um, Prince Andrew, not an Prince anarchist. Andrew is literally a monarchist. Um, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not seeing that. Are there anarchists who are pedophiles? Absolutely. Are there yeah. is is that what makes an anarchist? No, I mean, anarchism is built around the concept of self-ownership. So like raping kids is not within that, that paradigm. Now I, I won't say that you have to be a, a you know, a, a, a pedophile to be a, a statist either, but that certainly doesn't uh, jive with anarchism. Fotini Henderson says, but Trump is taunting the fed by name. All other presidents uh, have been hands off timid sycophants with the fed i'm thinking maybe trump in his dreams wants to end the fed but hasn't come out no actually the exact opposite he's blasting the trump the fed for not lowering the rates and printing out endless streams of money even faster than they already are he's criticizing the fed for the exact opposite reason that the rest of us criticize the fed we criticize the fed because they print out endless streams of money and devalue our currency that we're forced to use and use it to prop up uh, endless government spending. What Trump is upset about is that they're not doing it at an even faster rate. So no, he he definitely, there was a lot of talk that he was going to end the Fed or audit the Fed or the gold standard. He's done none of that. He wants to print out endless, endless reams of money. If he could tomorrow print out a quadrillion dollars and spend it all, he absolutely would. And he wouldn't care who who told him the opposite. So no, actually his criticism of the fed is a perfect example of of what i'm talking about you will have trump supporters complain about the fed and when i'll say yeah but he wants the fed to fed to print out more he'll still I, I literally had someone say to me yeah but they didn't have to so they were upset that the that the the, the fed had just lowered the interest rate and that that was going to cause inflation i said yeah but you know why they did that because donald trump pressured them for the better part of a year and a half to do so and he said yeah but they didn't have to so it wasn't Trump's fault for pressuring them politically to do it. It was right. their it was fault, their fault for, doing it. for doing what he said for them to do. Just And that that is the same type of person that when Trump passes a red flag law, will say, yeah. well, that's not Trump's fault. He right. Was to- he was pressured to do it. The rhinos voted for it. The rhinos and the, and the Marxist Democrats voted for it. Okay, but then he signed it. Yeah, but, you know... He can't he can't just stop everything. 
you know, he's not perfect. I mean, they'll, they'll come up with the most absurd, and they'll start explaining, you know, well, you you got to you got to break eggs to to make, you know, no other president could have resisted gun control the way he has, except maybe Obama, who didn't sign any gun control into law, and in fact, his ATF deregulated. Actually, actually reverse some of the previous uh, uh, decisions they had about what types of accessories were allowed. We actually had an expansion of gun rights under Obama, despite all of his rhetoric. We had an expansion of gun rights, a net expansion of gun rights at the state and federal level under Obama. Not because he wanted it, but because Republicans actually pretended to care. Now we have Trump. Now imagine if we have Trump, who's getting defended left and right by Republicans, and Democrats... Who can leverage that? That's a nightmare. Um, speaking of nightmares, I guess that's that's the best segue I have. I, I was like, I don't know if that's uh a... Speaking of, I I don't I don't know. So we're gonna end this on talking about Hong Kong, the protests that are going on in Hong Kong. If you're like me, you're possibly wondering. What are they protesting exactly um, besides just communist rule? But they've been under communist rule since 1999. So why why right now are they protesting? So, Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> All right. So uh, these are my favorite segments. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. What's Matt? Tell me. About this, is, this is this is the Matt defends Joe Biden segment. Right. Um. So back in February, the Hong Kong government proposed the Fugitive Offenders and Mutual Legal Assistance in Criminal Matters Legislation Amendment Bill 2019. Okay. Uh, This this was caused because a security official cited a recent incident in which Hong Kong residents suspected of murdering someone in Taiwan could not be extradited to Taiwan to stand trial for murder okay so they created this bill that would send that because uh hong kong has a no extradition policy so they created this bill that would allow them to be extradited to other areas uh i think Uh, just okay i think just in that region so china taiwan areas like that right this was the reason for it because somebody that murdered somebody in Taiwan was a Hong Kong resident and went back to Hong Kong. Couldn't be extradited. Like, no, we're not going to do it. So they created this bill. Critics have argued that this bill uh, would reduce the region's judicial uh, independence from Beijing and that it would open the door to what some demonstrators have described as legalized kidnapping Uh, And Chinese authorities would then pursue extradition of political dissidents, people who are against communism under the guise of trumped up charges. Okay, I see here. So part of what has been protecting Hong Kong from the rest of the Chinese government, besides their limited autonomy, is the fact that the Chinese government can't just extradite, you know, say, oh, well, we want this person for xyz and then you know have the hong kong authorities arrest them and bring them to china on yeah on trumped up charges oh this person raped someone and they didn't but you know they spoke poorly about communism so now they get they get brought over now they're Um, gonna go to the chinese version of a gulag right exactly right so 
I'm not going to say it. So you were going to say Gurug, weren't you? Nope. Sure was not. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so that's when the protest began. Right. Um, so protests began kind of back in February, February, March. Right, right, right. Yeah, they've been going on for a while. Um, they've only been kind of catching on in the Western media in the last couple months. Right. Uh, Hong Kong's chief executive, Carrie Lam, suspended the legislation, indefinitely suspended the legislation, and even apologized, saying that our explanation and communication work has not been sufficient or effective. But when she indefinitely suspended the legislation she didn't end it so at any point what a lot of people are thinking is that at any point they can put this legislation back in they figured the protesters would die down and then they would put it back in and right right trying to get people rallied twice is almost impossible right so they were saying no it's only in, it's only uh suspended indefinitely they can still put it up. They need to end it. They need to throw it out. They need to vote it. They need to say, we're not voting on this ever. Um, they've also called for Lamb's resignation. But in addition to Lamb's resignation, the protesters are calling for que- the complete withdrawal of the proposed extradition bill. Right. The government will draw the use of the word riot in relation to the protest because that makes them criminals in the eyes of Beijing. Ah. Uh, the unconditional release of arrested protesters and charges against them dropped. So that way they can't get extradited to Beijing. And uh, an independent inquiry into police behavior and implementation of genuine universal suffrage. suffrage. This is what they are wearing. This is the picture that you see on your screen. If you're listening to us on Anchor FM or any other podcasting app, uh, check this out on YouTube or f- on uh, Facebook uh, because you're going to want to see this picture. This is what the protesters are wearing. Uh, it's a blindfold. Looks like it's soaked in blood, fake blood, I think. Maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, I uh, don't know. Yeah. It says Hong Kong police murders Hong Kong citizens. Hong Kong police murders Hong Kong citizens. This started because police have used a wholly unnecessary force against largely unarmed protesters. And there was a video that came out that we have pictures of the video up. These are two police officers. Uh, I think if you watch the entire video, it's an eight minute video. Yeah. It's like these an eight and a half minute long video. Yeah. Yep. These are two police officers. I think there were three in total. If you watch the entire video um, who arrested a 60 year old man, I believe he was 60, uh, arrested a 60-year-old man who was not actually a protester, just happened to be there, but they detained him, and uh, he got injured during the arrest. They took him to the hospital. He was being repeatedly punched in the crotch and stomach, and they have some weird, like, torch light, and they're flashing it in his eye, like, right next to it. You can see it in the video. It's being held right up against it and just flashing it right in his eye. Um Personally, I think the crotch punch is worse. That's just me. But it's eight minutes of them doing this. Just to torturing this, them, yeah. yeah. Right. To this 60-year-old guy who is strapped to a gurney. Uh, the video went viral, uh, and the protesters started picking up a lot of steam. Uh, initially, Beijing, they were ignoring all of it. They were ignoring the entire thing, but once all of this started happening, 
they started treating the protesters with extreme hostility. They labeled them rioters, which again is a crime in the eyes of Beijing. Right. Right. Like if it wasn't for the internet and it wasn't for uh, this catching on in Western media, this would be Tiananmen Square all over again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have never gotten to this point. It would have never gotten to this point. No. Right. Um, Beijing is seeing, according to a China Chinese specialist, Adam Ni. Beijing now sees the unfolding crisis as something that is really destabilizing and challenges its rule and control. So these protesters in Hong Kong are being seen as people that are challenging the communist government of Beijing. Yeah. Yeah. And now, so we've actually got some good news from social media. We don't get it often. Um, but, uh, Twitter is saying that it has, uh, it, it was suspended or has suspended nearly a thousand accounts that they've suspected of being linked with the Chinese government and part of what they called a coordinated state backed operation. Uh, and Facebook has, uh, announced the removal of several pages and accounts that they said were involved in coordinated inauthentic behavior as part of a small network that originated in China and focused on Hong Kong. Th- this is a, so the Chinese government is an interesting animal because they call themselves communist. But if you look at how they're actually set up, they're actually a fascist government. They're actually somewhere between fascism and communism because in fascism, property is privately owned, but heavily, heavily controlled by the state. So the state picks the the so-called national champions, the winners of lose and losers within uh, you know, within the corporate world, um, it's called the the economic plank of it is corporatism. They heavily censor and 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 rigidly control the speech of the citizens, um, and they tend to um, you know they tend to uh, use ethno nationalism or some kind of large group preference to try to scapegoat the smaller groups. Which the Chinese government is the Chinese people are like ninety something percent Han Chinese, so they often are are treating the the ethnic minorities very poorly. Um, there is a little bit more public ownership or government ownership of things in China, uh, than there would be in a classic fascist state, but they've been actually working to what they call economic reforms, which is essentially trading, basically selling those off to preferred Chinese billionaires and then rigidly controlling it. So they are transitioning into being the largest fascist state in history. Um, they are not... Uh, doing what the U.S. does, which is, you know, engaging in war around the world yet, but they're laying down the groundwork economically and, and industrially to be able to do that in the future if they so chose to. Um, they are focusing more on controlling their own people. So they have this social credit system where, um, you know, if you speak poorly about the government or if you, you know, act in what they consider anti-social ways, which is usually just anti-government ways, you can't even get a loan. It actually affects your ability to do things. There's a, a guy, I forget his name, but he um, he did these videos. He's a, he's a, a Chinese mixed martial artist. And he did these uh, challenges where he would challenge the uh, practitioners, the experts in these different... Um, and guys, if you're watching, anyone watching this, if you want to uh, comment, if you know the person I'm talking about, but he would challenge people who practice these ancient Chinese martial arts to show that like just 
uh, standard MMA, like Brazilian jiu-jitsu and so forth, was way superior. And, you know, he would go and, you know, basically beat these guys up and say, you know, uh, Kung Fu is no match for, you know, MMA or uh, I don't know, whatever. Whatever other Chinese martial arts there are is nothing, you know, no match for MMA. He can't get a loan for a car, much less a house or anything else. They've ruined him. He didn't actually commit any crimes. He didn't do anything wrong. But because he was seen as disparaging the Chinese culture, he can't get a loan. The Hong Kong people who live in the the richest area on earth, largely because of a of a of a market that has been for the most part left alone and 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 rigid protections of that sees the writing on the wall that yes we're the golden goose but china doesn't necessarily want to kill us but they definitely want to control us and they're they're not taking it lying down and 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 i mean and matt they're 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 out on the streets and they don't they it seems to just be getting more and more intense it doesn't seem to be de-escalating at all no it's it's getting each passing moment it's getting worse like you you may have seen the um you, anybody who's been paying attention at all to it if you haven't you probably haven't but like like you haven't seen this but you may have seen pictures of the hong kong protesters and they're all wearing are, are all carrying umbrellas yep now uh apparently it's, it does it does rain there a lot at this time, but the main thing that they're doing is they're shielding themselves from police cameras, the deployment of pepper spray and tear gas that is being used to disperse the crowds. They're using the umbrellas as a protection against police surveillance and police overreach. Yeah. Yeah. Umbrellas. Umbrellas. Cause that's all they have access to. And I even saw So I saw this really interesting video, which I wish I had thought until now to, to actually put it, to get it. But um, if you look online, you could find it um, where it was showing protesters that were having tear gas shot at them. And instead of running away from it, which is what you would usually do, they would run. They had people that were wearing like these like, you know, surgical masks and they would and goggles and they would go up with road cones with like the the orange road cones and and plug it up and and put their hands on top of it. And that apparently uh, stops. Yeah, it stops the tear gas. And so. They would, if they couldn't get to it in time to throw it back at the police, they would put the the um they put the road cone on top and hold it there for a few seconds, and then and then let it up and the things inert and they and they throw it back or or whatever. Um, so because of police brutality and fear of unjustified extradition, they've been calling for their own Second Amendment. And you have to think these people who are huge in number and are able to effectively stop the Hong Kong police in their tracks with umbrellas imagine if they had guns that would force massive immediate change if only there were a country that had well over a hundred million gun owners and in an and a and a government that infringed on their rights on a regular basis because they'd definitely be able to stop that. If only. If only. It's a sad, sad thing that that doesn't exist. So, for anybody, like, I doubt anybody watching this is trying to get rid of the Second Amendment. But, uh, maybe. But for anybody out there who's like, oh, there's no reason that you need the, the peak kings of the world. Who's like, we don't need these weapons. We don't need these weapons. Look at Hong Kong. 
Look at what's going on over there. These people are fighting for their lives because a law is being passed that they disagree with. Yeah. And there's, you do not do this. This is our place too. This is our country too. This is our city. Do right. not do this. And they are fighting literally with their fists and with umbrellas. With umbrellas. And they are stopping the police. If they had guns, this law would be dead. Yeah. It would be dead. It wouldn't be indefinitely suspended. It would be dead. Dead. And there would be no question about it. They want their rights to the Second Amendment for the same reason everybody in America should want their rights to the Second Amendment and shouldn't try to give it up every time something awful and terrible happens. Yeah. Um, t- two things that I, I, I will say about this. One, imagine if the people of Hong Kong had the guns that the American people had. And then the second thing I would say is, imagine if the people of America had the grit and refusal to back down that the Hong Kong people had, or even better yet, that the the American original American people had. Or I shouldn't say original American people, the original revolutionaries had. Right. If only. But... But they don't. Uh, Bass says, "Are we going to get a Hong Kong Boogaloo, or are we going to get Tiananmen Square 2.0? I don't. I'm not and, sure. I, yeah, ahead. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't know. We're not going to get Tiananmen Square 2.0 because of the internet and because yeah. new now travels. So it's not going to be like people are going to know about Hong Kong, Tiananmen Square. It wasn't major news. They kept that quiet. It it got told about." afterwards got right but it wasn't while it was happening it wasn't while it was happening and the china's economy wasn't so this was before chinese free trade china's Mm -hmm. economy was not as heavily dependent on the west as it is now the chinese are growing a middle class you don't have to go to war with with china you just have to have enough consumers who say yeah no i don't want to buy anything from china or politicians who say, you know, because of the human rights abuses, we're going to start whatever, labeling stuff more closely that comes from China or, you know, requiring that these changes be made or we're not going to allow these things to be imported or whatever. Any, because China's economy is built on massive speculative government debt. And in order for it not to crumble, they have to have double digit economic growth every single year, pretty much in perpetuity. If you saw anything that really put a halt, forget a recession, if you even saw a a fairly decent downturn on it, China would have to make the changes necessary in order to, to stop that. It's what Trump, I think, thinks he's going to be able to trigger with these trade wars, but it so far has not been happening that way um, because all it's really doing is just adding a tax for us to have to pay when we buy stuff from China. If if governments were saying, or if individual people were saying, I'm not going to buy that because it's from China and I'm not going to buy it from people that are, you know, abusing people's rights or, you know, doing what they just did in Hong Kong, I, that would be way more powerful than any, you know, domestic consumption tax that would be put on it. Um, I don't think you're going to get Hong Kong Boogaloo because they don't have any guns. Right. Nope. And we posted something a while ago. 
Oh uh, yeah. Yep. We posted something a while ago where uh, somebody said it was a picture of the guy and the girl in bed, and he was like, "I think he, she's thinking of other. He's thinking of other girls." And he's like, "How do I airlift guns to, to Hong Kong?" Airlift yeah. guns to Hong Kong. And we had somebody right. that commented on it, and they said. We don't need to get involved in another war. That's not what that's not what that was saying. Yeah, no, no, no. We're not talking about U.S. government intervention. We were talking about like individual people sending right. crates of you guns to sending <laughs> crates of guns to Hong Kong so they can fight this battle. Right. Yeah. I, if you if if someone could airlift even a thousand semi-automatic rifles, it would completely change all of this. Now, consider the fact that Americans own something like 10 million it's like semi-automatic rifles. It's like one-third of the world uh, of the entire world's... Stockpile uh, of small arms is held yeah. by private American citizens. And we're all for it. We, we are not saying anything bad about that. No, that's a great thing. Great thing. My problem is that most of those people have fraternal order of police stickers on their car. Anyway. The thin blue line right the thin, above the, 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 the thin blue line. I mean, it. anyway. Next to their don't tread on me uh, bumper sticker. Right. Anyway, I like the don't. I saw one. It had don't tread on me and the snake had a thin blue line. And I'm like, who, who is, are, is it a cop saying don't tread on me with your, you know, wanting to know if you're being detained? I, I I didn't I didn't I don't get it. I don't get it, guys. I don't get it. I don't get it, but I'll tell you what I do get. Anchor FM. No. Um so That's where I, I was like, are we doing another anchor we, promo? Anchor FM. We're just doing like five anchor FMs. I do get you know what I get is a hankering for for protection from by personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. Anytime I have a personal injury issue in South, the North, South, are you guys considered Southwestern Florida? The uh, Tampa Bay area? Tampa Bay area. The Tampa Bay area of Florida. I go to personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. That's right. And I get the protection I need and deserve. So I think, did we confirm that Jason's having an episode tomorrow? I don't know. Okay. So tomorrow, Shabbat Shalom. We may or may not have an episode of... If Jason doesn't have his show tomorrow, I'm airing mine that I did today. Okay, so tomorrow night, you're either going to get an episode of Mr. America, The Bearded Truth with Chris Lyon, or you will be getting uh, this week's episode... What did I say? Chris. Jason Lyon, Mr. America, The Bearded Truth. I keep seeing Chris's face. It's messing me up. With, no, with, I... J- with Jason... Look away, Chris. Mr. America, The Bearded Truth with Jason Lyon. Or... um. I'm gonna keep. I might wear this all the time now. Um, He's our main sponsor, so he's our main sponsor. I love it. Um, I'm probably gonna send one of these to Jason too, just so we'll we'll all have them. Um, Or you'll be having an episode this week's episode of the Writer's Block with uh, Matt Wright and his guest Aaron Nakamoto. That's right. And then tune in next Monday possibly for an episode of Mr. America: The Bearded Truth. So it's, it's so you know you have a baby. And you think you can just take all this time off work. And then suddenly, oh, 
Like, granted, it's the job that doesn't really pay you, but you're just like, well, I got to throw that one away. Oh, and he has a new job, too. So you get a new job and a human being that you're solely, well, not solely, you and your your wife are solely responsible for it. Right. And all of a sudden. On top of the other child you have. Oh, I don't have several hours a week to do a show on Facebook and YouTube and float.app slash muddywatersmedia slash live and all the podcasts. So that might happen Monday. And then on Tuesday, be sure to tune in next Tuesday for an all-new episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom where this guy over here and this guy over here and this guy right here are going to parse through the week's events with the joy and love of a sweet summer boy. And then next Wednesday is an episode of My Fellow Americans, my 48th episode. I may or may not have a guest. I may just do an Ask Me Anything. I do want to talk about, not now, but on my show. The AMA. What's that? Your AMA. Yeah, my AMA. I do want to talk about the... um, surprisingly Marxist history of the founding of the Republican Party. You won't believe what I'm going to say next Wednesday. That's right. And then next Thursday, join me for an episode, brand new episode of the writer's block with Demetrius minor from AFP project 21 local minister He's just like this guy. He is truly. He must work harder than anybody ever. He 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 works for he does work for um, conservatives concerned with the, concerned about the death penalty with oh, okay. uh, Hannah Cox. He uh, does work with AFP on uh, campus free speech uh, project twenty one, uh, where he tries to give uh, black people a voice in the conservative movement. Like, and he's a minister. And he's a pastor too. Yeah. Yep. That dude is constantly, constantly working. And yet he was able to carve out an hour for you too. Two, two, because we got lunch together first. He wanted to interview me before he came on the show. Oh, because he's that's that's actually smart. Yeah. Yeah. So he said, "No one's actually lunch. ever vetted me." <laughs> yeah. No, he vetted me. He, he was like, "Yeah, let's get together for lunch," and I was like, "Okay." So we got together. We uh, went to this place in downtown St. Pete called Bodega for Cubans. And uh, we had lunch. We talked. And he was like, yeah, okay, I'd love to come on your show. And I was like, great. Cuban Cuban sandwiches, by the way. That's what... Right, yeah. We didn't, like, steal Cubans. It's not Miami. Um, <laughs> so. Not the keys. It's not the keys. So, Matt, if we were. So that'll be really. That'll, I'm looking forward to that, too. Those are two writer's blocks that are coming up back to back. Boom, boom, boom. Um, coming up quick. So, Matt, if if someone were on the World Wide Web and were looking to find us, is that even possible? And how? Luckily, for people who have internet access, they have the ability to find us. They can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Mighty Waters of Freedom. They can find nope. They can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash muddied waters media. Mm-hmm. They can find us on Twitter at muddied underscore waters. You can find us on Instagram at muddied 
Waters Media. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Media, And you can find us on float at float.app, float.app slash Media. And you can find us on Anchor FM at anchor.fm slash muddied waters. Media. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find us uh, find this in every other episode at muddiedwatersmedia.com. That's awesome. So as Jacob LaBelle said, it is time for Jeff to nuke Beijing. Guys, for those who don't know, real quick before we go. So according to the uh, Federation of American Scientists, uh, roughly 15,000 nukes are in existence in the world, the vast majority of which are uh, owned by either the Russian government or United States government uh, that they developed during the uh, Cold War. Uh, then there are several hundred that are owned by France and China and the United Kingdom and, and others. And then and down there at the bottom, somewhere between one and nine nukes are owned by Jeff. Do you know you don't know who Jeff is? I assume he's either in Florida or South Carolina. That's fair. That's fair. But Jeff, I'm not saying I want you to nuke Beijing. I don't want you to nuke Beijing. No, but the protesters. <laughs> I'm just saying you could nuke Beijing. Well, you have nukes. It's another thing to say you could actually get them to Beijing. But uh, all I'm saying is if you know a Jeff in your life, leave him the hell alone. Yeah, because Jeff, Jeff has nukes. There is a Jeff who has possibly more nukes than Kim Jong-un. Yeah. And my best guess is he's somewhere in the U.S., Jeff is in the U.S. Good old Jeff. So, guys, thanks again for tuning in. We will see you tomorrow. And where we're going, we don't need roads.